0: Welcome to the Kerry Question hour here at the signal, which we appreciate so much to be here. Actually, welcome to the real deal. Yes. I like to call this show the real deal because we give information out there that, that I believe is experience strength and hope and, and necessary um, stuff, especially to live in these days. Um, Victor, yes, Gary. you were our first guest on our first show. And it's been, this is going to be probably episode five or six, mm. so we haven't seen you in over a month. Yes. How are you doing? I, um, I've
1: seen you. You've seen me. Oh, but, but I'm doing really well. Things are going good. And yeah, it was about 28 days, 30 days ago, I think, last right. time we did the show.
0: And how's, um, how's your recovery going?
1: My recovery's going well. I've got uh, 129 days today.
0: Very cool. And I told you I'm going to keep following you, and I am. So Every so often that. I'm going to have you on here because I want people to see that um, it, it, you could be successful, that recovery can happen, that people do recover. And you're a perfect example of that. So go on, tell me how it's been and then I'm going to introduce you. Well, your wife.
1: Since I uh, you' really since I trouble. was on the first show, I've transitioned from residential treatment into uh, my home. And uh, there was some anxiety with that, but uh, you worked with me and my wife, Lila, and things have been going really well. Uh, of course, I'm still going to the program um, for a uh, non-residential treatment. Mm-hmm. You, get to, you get to come to the program
0: every day, but you get to go home and sleep with your wife. Correct. Sorry, Lila.
2: That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll cancel all the wall parties. There you go. <laughs> go on.
1: So many people have been keeping in touch with me and just making sure that uh, things are going well with my sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned a lot of tools. Um, going home, there were some you know, thoughts of uh, seeing the old places and the old things, but I passed those up and uh, just been at home, keeping busy, and uh, staying within the program. So you're feeling pretty strong. I'm feeling pretty strong right now.
0: Awesome. And um, I'm very proud of you. you know that. I don't have to say yeah. that. Thank you. So the reason I asked you back, well, one is to follow you, Mm -hmm. and two is um, Lila's here. And you know what we haven't done yet? We haven't got it from a perspective of a family member. So how long was your drinking and and partying and chaos going on for?
1: Well, I've been drinking for over 40 years, but it was extremely bad in the last three to four years, maybe five years. I'm going to stop you right there. How bad was it?
2: He was a non-functional alcoholic.
0: non-functional. Explain that. You don't mind, do you? No. Victor? No,
1: that's fine. Okay.
2: Um, He was in in and out of treatment centers, rehab, hospitals. Um, The paramedics had us on speed dial. Um, They came to our house weekly.
0: What does that mean, really?
2: Well, he was 51-50, 52-50, and 53-50. Uh, they came and rescued him and took him to an emergency room where he uh, s- detoxed, and then they would transfer him to... Or he would detox, or they would transfer him to a detox facility Kay. where he would stay for a mandatory 72 hours, 7 days, 14 days, 30 and, days. And,
0: and the reason for that, because I know Victor really well, and he's by no means... Um, I would say crazy, but I'm not going to say that, but by, by no means, because you don't have to be crazy to go to a mental health facility. No. You can be depressed, you can have bipolar. There's all kinds of stuff. But I think some of the reasons that he was transferred to the psychiatric unit, because he was drinking himself to death.
2: Yes, he was. Um, he, at one point, um, he was in a drug-induced coma in a hospital, because they he was bleeding from his esophagus from esophageal varices so much that they were afraid they operated on him and they were afraid for him to wake up and disturb the operation. So they
0: put him in a drug-induced coma. coma. Yes. Wow.
2: And he was uh, very ill, and uh, he his blood gases went up so high, which caused the craziness mm-hmm. when when it impacts the. When your liver isn't working, the alcohol stays in your blood, and your blood gases get higher. Right. And then your brain just goes nuts. Yeah. He had some frontal lobe atrophy, which meant he had no um, decision-making abilities. So it was pretty bad.
0: Well, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking I've been doing this for so long, and I've dealt with so many people. It's kind of what it's so sad, and I'll tell you what I mean. I've seen so many people come to treatment or I've gone out to do interventions in hospitals and seen people and um, that decided they didn't want to come in or they decided um, after treatment they wanted to go get drunk. But I've seen so many people, I call it wet brain.
2: That's what it is.
0: But they don't come back. I've seen so many people in my 30-something years of treatment that alcohol-related never came back. They're never going to be home. Their, their brains are gone, their livers are gone. They, I mean, their body's just shut down. So for for you to be put in a drug-induced coma for that and make it back is short a miracle.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a miracle. Short
0: a miracle. Yeah. So, I mean, and I know we've talked about this, but you don't have a relapse left.
1: No, I don't. I cannot relapse again. Um, I've got issues hanging over my head related to going out and relapsing again but i think i've got life issues i'm not sure that i'll survive another i
0: think you have issues over your head yes but i think your life issues are the most you're you got we have one body and when we're putting poison in our body eventually it's going to kill us it's just it's, it's not an if it's a when so the reality with you is is it almost took you out Numerous times.
1: Yeah, I definitely could have died a number of times. I'm assuming that, uh, as you say, I don't have another chance at this, and I need to take the best advantage of it that I can.
0: Which you are doing.
1: I'm doing my best to,
0: yes. You got it. Um, and then you have here a wife that loves the heck out of you. You either that or she needs to be in a psych ward.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I question that.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I mean, for you to deal with what you've done, either you love this man to death or, yep, yep, psych unit. Yeah. <laughs> so which one is
2: it? Well, um, psych unit or love? Well, I love him. A lot, and I invested a lot of time in him, and I've rescued, best, invested a lot of time in trying to rescue him, mm-hmm. and I found out that I couldn't rescue him, and then so I sought um, treatment. Right. And I had to, I had to go for I'm um, almost a whole year of treatment now, and this is the first time that I've had treatment in um, correlation to Victor's treatment.
0: What does that mean? Because that's exactly kind of where I wanted to go a little bit is when you live with somebody that's drinking or using drugs or just has mental health issues i mean that person obviously needs treatment but it affects everybody in the house that actually and not even in the house everyone who loves that person how have you been dealing with all this how have you been holding it together
2: well at first i was holding it together i could i made excuses i did all the things that the wife of an alcoholic does which was call in sick for him, make excuses, lie to the neighbors, lie to the family. And um, one day I just couldn't do it anymore. And I said I, I sought treatment, and I had to understand that I can't rescue him. But I spent my whole life trying to rescue people. Right. And I moved my son in to help me because he became very combative.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you weren't a friendly drunk, were you? Not anymore, no. In those, in, last, in those last years, I was very belligerent when I was drunk, and there was really no in-between between, uh, the first drink and becoming belligerent. Right. It, it was a, it was bang, a guarantee. Bang.
0: Yeah. Wow, she's, she, uh, wow, you're lucky to have her, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm very happy to have her, and I love her very much. Oh, you better give him a hug real quick. I mean, that's just too sweet.
0: So, go on.
2: So I moved my 36-year-old son at the time in with us, and um, uh, he helped me uh, manage and maintain him. Though at some points he was so sick, we had to convert the family room into a hospital room, and he was...
0: You he know, was, that's it. I, we talked about that in family sessions, right? Right. But it's so freaking hard to believe that looking at him now.
2: Yes. I mean, you would never
0: believe he's been in how many hospitals?
2: Over... Well, he's been hospitalized. You have the list. Yes, I do. About have the how list. many?
1: About fifteen, probably. It 12 is. to 15. I mean,
0: look, you, you look at Victor, and he looks like this businessman. I mean, and then you say 15 hospitals, psych units, detox units, drug-induced comas. What?
2: Yes, he was. Uh, we had, we converted the family room into a hospital room because his diabetes was out of control. He's now reversed his diabetes, but his mm. diabetes was out of control. And well, he a,
0: alcohol turns to what?
2: Diabetes. <laughs> yeah, turns sugar. Turns to sugar, yeah. which turns to what? <laughs> to yeah. Diabetes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he had an ulcer in his foot that you could see all the way down to the bone, mm. and they didn't want him walking. So, But he wanted to go to the liquor
0: store. <laughs> lucky, actually, he didn't lose um, body parts, limbs.
2: Yeah. Yes. So um, he was at home with nursing care, home health care, um, four times a week a bathing nurse because he couldn't get out of bed and uh, that went on for at least 8 weeks.
0: You would never know. No. The faces of addiction has completely changed dramatically in the bunch in the last few years. I mean, you can't tell.
2: He was so sick, he was incontinent, he had to wear diapers. And um, he was just a wreck. He didn't want to eat, he only wanted to drink. Mm-hmm. That was his mindset.
0: How did you how did you cope?
2: We put water in vodka bottles and gave it to him with ice because gotcha. he thought he was drinking.
0: After he vodka. was drunk, he wouldn't know.
2: No, right. So oh. I did it all. I poured out liquor. I watered liquor down. I hid liquor. We went on liquor searches.
0: How did you not end up in a psych hospital?
2: Uh, well, I was close.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not even hardly. Well, I was severely depressed. I. That's what I mean.
2: Yes, I was severely depressed. My doctor started me on um, uh, anti-depression medication work for a while but what really helped was I started getting therapy twice a week I joined some support groups and awesome. I went every day and uh, they changed my psych meds um, especially this last time I mean this last time was if it doesn't work this time I'm giving up
0: so um, oh, I, if I, it didn't work this time there's gonna be a funeral
2: yeah right exactly so I worked on it a lot for myself, and I learned that I had to fix myself before I could fix. I can't fix Victor ever. I have to fix myself, and I have to live for myself and not for the alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So that's what I learned in therapy, and to, to take care of myself and. To you not know, if you don't take, you don't,
0: if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good for anyone else.
2: Exactly. So. The stronger um,
0: you become, the more you can do.
2: And I've not been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I'm bipolar. I mean, I have a family history of bipolar, and we all know it's inherited. Mm-hmm. So so could be yeah, could yeah. be uh, so I have a long history of bipolar in my family. and so I do have my manic stages where uh, Amazon I'm Amazon's best friend and the UPS man that delivers. <laughs> so those are my manic stages and my depressive stages. We've dis- talked
0: about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my
2: depression stages, and that's what happened Vic would drink and I would shop. Um so,
0: well, you needed something to make you feel better. You it, were looking for a fix.
2: Yeah, but I was running out of room, so I got th- I got some help, and I don't do that anymore. I still love to shop, but I I have controls over shopping now. Very, very and good. I think that um, it was, it's just as hard for the family members, if not worse, because you think, oh my God, I'm not the drunk, I'm not drinking, but why am I paying for it? I'm paying for it every single day
0: or, or why can't he stop for me
2: right but don't they,
0: he don't he love me yes why they, is he choosing alcohol
2: you can't have friends all my friends went away mm-hmm. you can't go to parties for fear he might drink you can't go to restaurants for fear they serve alcohol um, you become isolated and then the screaming and yelling you think oh my god what did the neighbors here yeah and we lived in a cul-de-sac <laughs> so our my neighbors our neighbors all knew that he was an alcoholic, though mm-hmm. so he thought no one knew he was an alcoholic, but everybody knew he was an alcoholic.
0: Yeah, well it doesn't sound like you can hide it with, with the paramedics there weekly and <laughs> yes, it LA was and the screaming the police, and the police and, right. It's just I mean that's it's
2: <laughs> we had we had a pet team enter the backyard because they didn't want to come around the front yard. Pet team
0: is a psychiatric evaluation right yes. team.
2: But they were accompanied by six SWAT officers armed with assault rifles. And they trudged through my backyard into our back French door bedroom where the French doors were. And they told me to wait in the garage. And I spent a lot of time in the garage. The police Victor, what
0: are you, public, public <laughs> enemy number one?
2: The police would say wait in the garage. I spent a lot of my time in the garage. And I said, why do you want me to wait in the garage? And they said, well, sometimes it's psychologically devastating to see your loved one taking away in handcuffs. So we'd like you to wait in the garage, and when it's over, we'll come get you.
0: Sadly, you were probably used to that.
2: Yes. Well, actually, I've never seen him taken away in handcuffs. I've always waited in the garage. Did you? They've always had me wait in another room. And so um, they said... Always.
0: It sounds like it was a normal thing for you.
2: Oh, I would say the police have been to our house a total of at least 20... 20 to 25 times. Gotcha. So,
0: it's different now. How are you coping with different? And you know why I'm asking you that? Bet you can guess.
2: Uh, Well, I have a lot of extra time. Because
0: your norm, (laughs) 90 days ago or whatever, your norm was worrying about Victor, taking care of Victor, worrying about neighbors, hiding, isolating. It's changed dramatically. What's your norm now?
2: Oh, my norm is I get up every morning and meditate and do my um, my work, my therapy work. I have several books that I go through, and I do a lot of diary writing. Mm-hmm. Um, the meditation every morning is, and you know what? I take one day at a time. Used to I wor- I was worried about what happened yesterday, worried about what was going to happen tomorrow, the next week, and the next year. And now all I do is worry about what's going to happen today and how we're going to live today to the fullest.
0: Perfect, because yesterday's gone and tomorrow's not here.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And and
0: yesterday's there, history, tomorrow's the future. Today's reality.
2: Yes, there there is a saying that you put one foot in tomorrow mm-hmm. and one foot, if you leave mm-hmm. one foot in tomorrow and one foot in today, you know what happens, to, one foot in yesterday, what happens to today?
0: <laughs> a, little <laughs> well, a little bit lost, aren't we? Yes,
2: yeah. it, so it's it was... Very so that's I do that in the morning. Um, we try to cook dinner together. Um, Vic is working his program during the daytime.
0: Vic Vic's killing it right yes, now. Yes, he is. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what other programs he's been in, but we talked about it. But I, I know that he killed it. Yes, over he's at action. He killed it. Yes, he did. He worked every day. He worked on his steps. He got his sponsor. He did worked on his therapeutic stuff. There's nothing he, I can cons- of asked him to do more.
2: And this hasn't been his first time. That was his fifth time, and not with us. No, no, with other groups. This is the first time it's worked, and I I attribute that he's always worked hard in his program. But something never, the light bulb never turned on when he got out for some reason. Right. And you know, retirement's really hard too. I have to say, when you retire, if you don't have a something to do, you better start looking now.
0: You, I I believe that uh, so many alcoholics and so many addicts give up. And they give up for a lot of reasons. The major reason is stress. Not knowing how to cope with feelings and deal with being happy, sad, mad, you know, that kind of stuff. But one of the largest reasons, especially for retirement and and people that are a little bit older, is not having a purpose.
1: I think Victor has a purpose now. I definitely do. I have uh, lots of things I'd like to accomplish. I have enough time left in my life to stay sober long enough to get all the things, not all the things, but as many things as possible that I'd like to do. What, what is accomplished? It? Tell, tell us what you want what you' what you're doing now Well, what I'm doing now is I'm getting ready to take a couple classes mm-hmm. at college even though I already have degrees right I've got some other interests now um, get back into flying and a lot of things around the house that we wanted to do together and somewhere down the future probably do some traveling again and awesome
0: uh, what classes are you taking i already know yeah, the answer but yeah, i want to yeah. hear it
1: well it's classes toward a uh, addiction disorder he wants to
0: grow uh, up and be like me
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh you know i think it'll help me better understand my whole situation as well right. as allow me to better help other people because that's really the main thing i need to do if i want to stay sober
0: exactly and you have so much to give I mean, you really do. You have a story that's out
1: there, at,
0: at, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, it also makes you stronger.
1: I'm hoping so. I think I am much stronger.
0: You've been through a lot, and, and you got a lot to give, and, and you're a good-hearted person. Um, proof is in the pudding <laughs> after all this. I mean, either that or you're a saint.
2: I don't know. Is, my is she a saint?
1: <laughs> yes, she must be. His
2: sister <laughs> called me, and she said, I can't understand it. he's tried. He's almost died so many times. He must have some purpose. Somebody has a purpose for him that that he's still alive. It's been a miracle, really a miracle that he's alive. And she says, so I'm hoping he's going to go out and help other alcoholics and addicts.
0: You know, just doing this show that we're doing now, I have a feeling he's probably going to save some lives. Because people watch mm-hmm. this, and people, when especially when they're alcohol and drug addiction, we know, is a disease of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people right now that are drinking themselves or using drugs, and um, drinking themselves to death, Yeah, especially right now during the pandemic. Exactly. And, and they don't see much hope in their future. So that's one of the major reasons why we're doing this. There's hope. Anybody can recover. Anybody can get help. You just got to want it and you got to ask for it. Anybody can get it. If you look at, like, Victor, you've been in 20 rehabs and hospitals and blah, blah, blah. But as of today, you're a major success. Every day you wake up sober, you're a major success. And the only freaking thing you got to do successful today is not drink. Exactly. And the only thing, that can screw this up and take your life or your freedom or your marriage or your self-esteem or your self-respect is alcohol
1: yeah it's the whole, the disease is very deceptive um it's uh, something that you have to work on all the time you have to fight it all the time um but you do find that uh, over you time to, you, have, you
0: have to fight it until it becomes a way of life yeah you have to
1: live a new way of life. That yes. is correct. And once you find that new way of life, and it doesn't come right away, but you appreciate it little by little, and then you find out that being sober is actually a great life. Mm-hmm. Much better than anything you had when you were drinking. How's it? How,
0: I mean, are you proud of yourself? How do you feel?
1: I do. I am proud of myself, and I feel good.
0: Yeah, I always tell people when I'm working with people, the hardest part of getting sober or clean, the hardest part is the struggle, and the struggle meaning what we say to ourselves, should I or should I not? If I was drinking vodka, I can drink beer. If I was smoking cocaine, I can smoke weed. So it's the struggle of I'm not going to use anything anymore, and life's going to get better. Once that struggle's over, getting clean and sober is a lot easier. Mm. It's the struggle that's the hardest part. And most people that come into treatment, they don't come into treatment to be 100% clean and sober. That's why they get themselves in trouble. So you're doing it and you're doing it
1: right. Yeah. Well, and I agree. First time I went into rehab long ago, my goal was not really to to get 100% sober. My goal was to get things under control, but Exactly. You can't get this disease under control. No, you can't. You, you know, just have it, to get out of it.
0: You know, I was I, I was talking to I say this all the time to everybody, actually. Alcohol and drugs at once was your friend. Alcohol and drugs will always turn on you if you have that personality of addiction or alcoholism kind of deal. And once it turns on you, it could never be your friend again. Yeah, It will always get you. It will always get worse. It will mm-hmm. never get better.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and that is a challenge of addiction or alcoholism. You still chase that same thing you thought you could get when it was your friend, but it's not anymore, and as you say, mm-hmm. it's never going to be again.
0: Right, and, and we romanticize it. It's like you're in a in a relationship that's really bad, and and f- for a long time you know it's over and it gets getting worse and worse, but you hold on to it until you can't anymore. If you look back at that relationship and remember any of the good, you want to run back. If you think of the bad, you don't. So what I tell people that are drinking or using and need to stop, remember the bad. Don't think the good. Think the bad. Remember what it's done to you. And um, I've been clean and sober. This Christmas Eve will be 40 years, and I'll tell you what. I remember my first year of being sober. I was looking back and saying to myself, there is nothing ever going to have that kind of control or power over me again. If nothing else happened, If I got nothing else for being sober, that was that was worth every second of it. Yeah.
1: Well and people don't necessarily realize that, that you have to make a commitment, you have to understand the disease that you have, and you have to surrender to the fact that you have to do the program and do whatever you're doing to stay sober for the rest of your life. And once you make that step and don't think it's you know, you're gonna go back to the old times right then you can start moving forward
0: right any and I'm, and I got news for you I don't care who it is that's listening or watching this thing anybody out there can get sober anyone out there can stay clean and sober forever one day at a time one day at a time hey your wife's been through a lot with you. What do you want to say to her?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm. i You know, one, of, look, my, one at, of my look, big. Look, look well, at her. One of my big fears was losing my wife. Tell and, her, not me. And I'm very happy that uh, she fought through you, this with you, me. You, you, you. I'm very happy that you fought through this with me. Yes. And that we're still together now, and we can enjoy the rest of our lives together.
2: Yes, without alcohol. Without <laughs>
1: alcohol. It's something we don't need. It's, Definitely not my friend and obviously it affected you as bad or worse than it affected me
2: It's a terrible disease. Alcohol is cunning and baffling I, I love you, honey. I'm very proud of you And I'm so glad that we are here today that we made it today and that we're gonna take one day at a time and Walk through the rest of our lives together.
1: Yeah, I agree and hugs <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Then you
0: know, I love you both We love uh, you, Carrie. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to, I want to bring you on probably once a month. Okay. I want to follow you. And um, I want, I I want our, our viewers and watchers and listeners to see that, um, hey, success is there. Yes. And um, I'm proud of you. I love you both. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. All right. All right. Welcome back to the Carrie Question Show, or as I say, the real deal, broadcasting here in Santa Clarita at The Signal. So we sure do appreciate that. Wow, that was um, pretty heavy to listen to Victor and his wife. But um, moving right along, we got Lexi. Hello. <laughs> and Lexi, what's going on? Uh,
3: good. I'm doing good. Uh, I currently have
0: 139 days sober today. That is really very cool. Yeah. I and have. I'm not going to let you tell us why. I'm going to let your dad tell us why. <laughs>
4: wow. Well, um
0: introduce yourself
4: my I name is Jeff you. I'm so, Lexi's father yep um, proud father
0: hey you've been waiting a long time for this
4: oh yeah <laughs> about 10 years about 10 years
0: um, she's doing very good tell us tell us tell us her story I don't want to hear it from her right now Wow I want to hear your your point of view uh, on all of it
4: ever since about 15 years old when She was living with her mom, hanging out with the wrong people. Uh, Started off with smoking cigarettes, then they went to weed, uh, then emotional problems, and a lot of it has, or some of it has to deal with her mom's situation that she was in for over 20 years. Abusive, ex-husband, drugs, alcohol, uh, physical abuse mental abuse everything which I believe made her depressed and Again, she's been out of
0: I'm shaking my head because it, it sickens me when I hear When people when anyone when we talk about alcohol and drugs and how it affects kids and how it affects parents and how it affects People in general it sickens me it's like I have a saying, I won't, I'm not going to say it because it's pretty brutal, but the hell with alcohol and drugs and everything it does to anyone that touches it. Absolutely. And everyone that loves that person. Okay, go ahead, sorry.
4: You know, it's it's been a struggle for her. And for me. Uh, it's tough. Um, I've never been addicted to or had any kind of alcohol, drugs, cigarettes in my entire life. I've always been addicted to something else, uh, the gym, uh, women, uh, w- whatever it is. I, I believe we're all, all addicted to something. Mm-hmm. It's just how you cope with it. Um, so it's, but you know, for her, you know, I have two daughters and it's tough. It's you try and help them, but then by trying to help them, you actually hurt them. You make excuses. Uh, you lie to yourself. Uh, it's not that bad, or you, or you, or you're, or you're not told everything, and you think, oh, no, there's no way it's her. Um, it's. I believe. A hundred and forty days ago. That she would have been dead. If I didn't get a hold of you on Facebook and say, help, she's going to be dead. And for some reason, she listens to you. (laughs) And she called you right away, or she texted you, or you texted her.
0: I remember you you sent me a... A Message on Facebook and I was on Facebook. I don't always look at messenger, but I saw that and I went oh my something This is bad. And I remember I called you Let's talk about that day
4: uh, I got a phone call from One of her sisters on her mom's side saying Lexi Just left the house. We gave her an hour to decide what she wanna do. Go back to you, go to treatment, or leave. Now I don't know why they waited an hour to call me. Because if they if they gave her an hour to decide, by then I would have been at the house and she never would have left.
0: You sure do love your kid, don't you? <laughs>
4: Pretty damn much. <laughs> I love both my daughters more than anything. You should. do. Yeah. So they called me. And of course, she didn't have her phone. Um, or she had a phone, but she didn't have service. Um, don't know why. Uh, but we, I was texting her, because the only reason that, that I found her but she was on, on Messenger, and I messaged her, and I knew she wasn't right. I could just tell. Um, no one on this planet knows her like I do. you yeah, her dad. I've been through everything. So I messaged her and saying, you know, call Carrie, get a hold of Carrie. He's trying to find you. If I have to, you know me, I'll find you. Even though you're an hour away, I'll f- I don't don't mean I'll, 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 like I have many other times, Um, so thank goodness you you messaged her, called her, we we made arrangements to get her into a place to get help, and like you said, today's 139 days. It's a whole new her, day by day.
0: What's your biggest fear?
4: (laughs) Her dying, or me dying. I don't want. I don't want to die before she does.
0: Well, I hope you. I hope <laughs> to say it, but uh, I hope you don't. You don't die first. <laughs>
4: you know, I don't want. I, I don't want her to die first.
0: I know, but you want to protect her. I, that's I that's know, my main it.
4: job in life. That's a father's, husband's, whatever's job in life. Mm-hmm. We are the protector. I've always grown up that way. I've. That's how I believe. I'm very strong-willed.
0: You almost lost her a few times, didn't you? <sighs> Yeah, Uh,
4: many times uh, the pet team,
0: the police Uh
4: came to our home. Uh, I just learned of this in one of the meetings, I think it was three weeks ago, where she said she tried to kill herself. I never knew of that. To me, that means I failed (laughs) as a dad, that my daughter would go that far to saying, I wanna die. I lost my brother when I was 15, he was 18. Because of uh, drugs, so I can't do something else.
0: Got news for you. Sorry about all that, but I got news for you. You didn't fail at anything. Your daughter's sitting here with a hundred and something days sober. Today she's a success. Absolutely. And, and, and I got other news for you. I'm going to send you a memo later. You can't save her. She's got save herself. You all you can do is what you've done, do anything you can to help her and love her. She has to make that decision. A hundred and something days ago, she made that decision. 140. And she's killing it.
1: Thank you.
0: And you should be really freaking proud of her. I'm and, and if you want to feel guilty here, I'm going to give you something to feel guilty. You ready for this? Sure. Feel guilty for loving her. That's it. Oh. You did the best you can.
4: Every... And every second of the day, I did. and
0: you did the best you can. You did nothing wrong. All you did was love her and try to help her.
4: I've done nothing wrong. Well, <laughs> none, of, none of us are perfect. Okay? No, oh no, oh none no. Of, none
0: of us are perfect, but everything you did, you did out of love.
4: Oh yeah. Oh, and a lot of times she didn't agree, but you know what?
0: You're not her friend. Or you're her
4: dad. Exactly. I'll do it every time again. Mm-hmm. And we've had this discussions.
0: Your kids, right there. What do you want to say to her?
4: Look at me, not me. I'm very proud of you. I love you more than anything. And just keep doing it. Every day. Just do it.
3: Love you, Dad.
0: I love you. What do you want to say to him?
3: I love you, and I'm going to keep going and do everything that I said I would, especially if you stop smoking the cigarettes. That's my next goal. Um, but I did what I said. I said I was going to quit using drugs, and I'm going to continue to do that.
0: What's your biggest fear? Dying. Okay. You came close to that quite often, yes?
3: Very much so.
0: Tell us about it.
3: Just, um, you don't know who you're with when you get the drugs that you want. You don't know their background. You don't know their history. You don't know what they've done. All you care about is getting your next fix and getting high.
0: What What were you using? Meth,
3: cocaine. I used crack once, and I got an allergic reaction to that. And so I found out I can't do that. Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> I, I love allergic reactions to crack cocaine.
3: My tongue. I gone. hope
0: everybody gets it.
3: <laughs> my tongue was all swollen up. I had to go to the doctor with my dad, <laughs> and they, he didn't know why it was swollen up. So you know. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> we learn a lot here. <laughs> and then they put the thing up my nose, and they go like, huh. And then my dad's like, it better not be what I think it is. And I was like, oh, it's not, but it really is. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I hope everyone out there listening and watching, (laughs) if you use crack cocaine, you have a allergic reaction.
3: (laughs) It's not fun. It's for days. (laughs) Have fun. No, go on. But, um, you know, um, I use uh, molly and acid together at the same time, which made me love myself. That was the first drug I had which, which
0: made drug. me love myself. Explain that
3: before. When I tried that drug, I felt depressed. I felt sad. I felt hurt. I wanted to die. I wanted to kill myself. Um, and Why? I felt like I wasn't a good person. Why?
0: What was wrong with you?
3: I let my family down by the drugs and the decisions that I made. So I wanted to end it and make it easier for them so I wouldn't have to keep hurting them. you
0: really think that that would make it easier?
3: No, not anymore. That
0: would just, yeah.
3: Yeah, so... um.
0: You know what suicide is? I do. It's a permanent solution to something temporary. Right. I don't care what it is that you're going through or how bad you feel or how sad or how much pain or how much depression. You can always get help for that. Right, exactly. Suicide, you cannot. It's and final. I
3: did. I did it help for that. Um Just recently, actually. I know. I went, maybe, I got, I haven't been out even a month yet from the suicidal or, or uh, mental breakdown that I had, and I'm doing so much better because of it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if it wasn't for that place, I'd still be in that state of mind and still wanting to use drugs to h- cover up the pain that I was feeling.
0: You know that the drugs don't take the pain away.
3: Oh, I know, it's and it's they,
0: they haven't came up with a drug yet that <laughs> just makes you feel great forever, unless well, un- yeah, <laughs> un- un- unless your mind's gone.
3: Yeah, it's a fake facade. I learned that I was feeling it wasn't real; it was a hallucination. And then once that hallucin- hallucination went away, I was like, "Oh, I need more to keep the 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 feeling from going away." So I kept using and using and using. And I remember there was this one time where I had like, I had maybe three to four grams of meth left. And I had my pipe in my room. So I, it was like four, two, 2 to 4 a.m. in the morning.
2: Mm-hmm. This
3: one's dead asleep. My dad's dead asleep. Nothing can wake him up, even going out on the patio. Right. The only one I'm worried about is my stepmom who's upstairs. And I even that, I surpassed that and opened it quietly. It took me about two minutes to open the damn door to get outside. And then I I smoked maybe one, two hits, and then I felt sick. So I went into my room and the first thing I did was, oh, maybe let me smoke one more hit in my room right. and I took one hit and I threw up immediately. It's all over the floor. It's clear. So I was like, oh, that's not good. No, that's not good. So there wasn't any reason for me to clean it up since it was clear, you know, so I left it there and went into my bed and continued to feel the high. So the next morning he comes in my room and he smells it. I was like, oh, so he's going to know something's up. And I I try to think of every line in the book. Oh, I wasn't feeling good, so I threw up. And he's like, why weren't you feeling good? I was like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I was just not feeling good, you know. So I was tired of lying. I was tired of hiding things. I was tired of sneaking out, having the one-night stands, you know, going out and partying. It may seem fun, but it really isn't. You can have so much fun being sober. At
0: the end of the day, when you're doing all that stuff and you're laying down at night, you turn out the lights, you can't feel good
3: exactly and and when you don't feel good is when it's the come down and you feel like sh-
0: mm-hmm. you, you yeah. know you You can you, say how you feel. <laughs>
3: you feel like shit. Right. You feel like you're dying, you feel like your bones are shaking, your bones are hurting, your joints are hurting, everything's hurting. And when you don't have it, when you don't have the money or when you don't have it, you try and find something else that you can use to mm-hmm. supplement that desire.
0: Right. And then you the, 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 the then what happens is You wake up Mm -hmm. and you realize all the stuff you've done and how bad you feel. And the only thing that you can think of that's going to make you feel better because of the guilt and shame is what? Getting loaded again. Right. But then you do something bad again. And you wake up in the morning and the only thing that you can think of to make you feel better is getting loaded again. Right. And it becomes a vicious cycle. And then all of a sudden, bang, you get sober and all that stuff's still there
3: it's still there now
0: you gotta deal with the wreckage of all that stuff but i promise you if you deal with it life gets better right i promise you that
3: and that's what i've been doing i've been battling my own battles you know i still have my addiction towards cigarettes but i'm working on that we're working on that last night i actually didn't sneak one from his room last night like i usually (laughs) do and i was like hey dad can we throw them away together safe <laughs> I was like, hey, Dad, can we throw them away together? And he said, okay. Wait
0: a minute. the hell are you doing? You're smoking? No. Oh, I thought you said like you stole it, it from you. I no, can't.
3: he. I gave it to him oh, so he
0: can light it. I could not see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dude. I
3: I gave them up to him in oh, an gotcha. effort to get me to quit smoking, but it didn't work. I found a way to sneak into his room while he was asleep <laughs> at like two or three in the morning. It went down. It was
0: always revealed, isn't
3: <laughs> it? <laughs> and then um, he knew because he counted them every morning and he saw that they were disappearing. He just wanted to see if I would tell the truth or not. But anyway, <laughs> what? <Well>, uh, <laughs> you the truth. <laughs>
0: That's progress. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> exactly.
3: We we came together <laughs> yesterday, and hey I was Lex, like,
0: "You're pretty damn cool."
3: <laughs> Thanks. Tell me your name. I'm Alexandria Bynum, and I'm worth it. Huh? I'm worth it. Huh? <laughs> Say it with
0: some conviction.
3: I'm Alexi Bynum, and I'm worth it. You're damn right. <laughs> it took me a couple times the first time. <laughs> you're damn
0: right, you're worth it. You're worth every bit of it.
4: Every cent.
3: Yeah.
0: Every bit of it. The trick was to getting you to believe that. Right, because we all know it. Yeah. Do you?
3: Oh, I know it now. <laughs> it was made very pertinent, clear to me. <laughs>
0: and never forget it,
4: because mm-hmm. if you do those things again, there won't
3: be. I lose everything. Everything.
0: Well, that you th- know, you got to remember that just a couple minutes ago you told us that when you were using, you had. Allergic reactions, you got sick, you wanted to kill yourself, you didn't want to live, you hated yourself. All that's there, it's not going anywhere. And and to me, I don't know about you, but that doesn't really sound really romantic.
3: No, it doesn't. Nor does it <laughs> sound sexy. No, it doesn't. In fact no, no. it sounds
0: it sounds it sounds like a nightmare. And I believe that alcohol and drugs make good people do bad things mm-hmm. and turns good dreams into nightmares.
3: Oh yeah,
0: a hundred percent. And uh Time for good dreams, not bad.
3: Exactly. And you can do it. Let's, lo- let's, you can let's, get let's get kick the
0: nightmares to the curb.
3: Yeah, and you can get those good dreams sober.
0: And you are a really good person. I and try. Uh, <laughs> you can make lots of people very proud. In Thank fact, you. I believe you're already, aren't you proud of her? Oh, I yeah. think you started saying that, didn't you? Extremely proud. Her sisters,
4: she's getting their trust back, which I know to her, is huge.
0: Yeah,
4: I mean, her sister, her sisters, went through a lot of stuff at her mom's house because of what went on there. Okay. So which they took it, which I can I,
0: imagine wasn't good. But we're not going to go there right. today.
4: And so it it affected their relationship, but now they're gaining. She's gaining their trust back, which is everything to her, and everything to them. So stability um, yeah. is, is, is is a daily thing.
0: The only thing that can take all that away from you, the only thing that can screw this up is what?
3: Drugs and alcohol.
0: That's it. If you don't drink today or use drugs, everything's going to be good. Right. Everyone's going to be proud of you everyone's going to respect you you're going to be proud of yourself and respect yourself the only thing that can screw this up is
1: what
3: drugs and alcohol what drugs and alcohol
0: and i don't know about you but i surely wouldn't want to go back to that romantic sexy oh place you no
3: not in a uh, million no. years never
4: no. <laughs> you know and she just has to first first thing and foremost is she has to respect herself yes love herself
0: and you've earned that already oh yeah you got 140 days you've earned that respect
3: yeah i i never even thought i could do a day honestly it was i I, you saw how resilient i was to coming into treatment like oh maybe i'll i'll think about it let me call you back Mm -hmm. i'll give you a call why
0: did you come that day i called you i mean we didn't even have to really debate it much i said I, i want you in treatment i want you to go today i'm gonna send someone to pick you up you said Oh, really? Today I went, huh And you went, okay.
3: I hit my rock bottom. I I know I've said it so many times before i hit my rock bottom, but it wasn't really my rock bottom because I continued to do it. Mm-hmm. That day I hit my rock bottom. Why?
0: What was different?
3: I was by myself. You were alone. I was alone. And that was my worst fear besides dying, being alone.
0: Loneliness is one of the worst fears for many alcoholics and addicts yet Mm -hmm. we create that
3: because when you're doing drugs you're so used to being around people there's 20 30 different people when you're doing drugs you you know it's Mm -hmm. a party
0: but you could be around 20 or 30 people and still feel alone
3: exactly it's just how you interpret it Mm
0: -hmm. so you're you're doing exactly what you need to do right now when you say anything to your dad I'm going to end this pretty soon but what do you want to say to him
3: yeah. I, I He's been through
0: a heck of a <laughs> lot with you. I girl. honestly
3: want to say this for some reason. I want to say you're my biggest fan. You've always been my rock. Um, you know, you pulled me up when I needed you. And everyone else was there for me, but they didn't put action into what you did for me to get help. They loved me, but they didn't know what to do when you did. And for you, you're the reason why I'm alive today and sober.
0: doesn't sound like a failure to me. Not at all. doesn't sound like a failure to me. To not at all. She's said? not a failure. No, no I'm talking about <laughs> you. Oh, I'm you said you failed. You um, probably saved her life, buddy. I don't think you're anything but a hero. I'm not the did only one who saved me? her life. Did you hear me? I did.
4: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay, go on.
4: I'm pretty strong-willed. I'm uh I'm stubborn. Probably more than anybody on this planet.
0: As, as a friend of mine would say, or my girlfriend would say, duh. <laughs> so, she said that to me many times. <laughs> duh. So
4: I am not the only person that saved her life. She and and she knows this. I don't give people too much praise. I don't say, hey, that's a good dude, or she's a good female, or whatever. I've told her this many times. She and I owe her life to you. I don't praise too many people. I'm pretty strong-willed. But I've told her every day since I met you, even before, you're a good fucking dude. Thanks. I mean, period. From the soul, I can read people. I play poker pretty damn well. I can read a person. She's been to many places, and they just drugged her up to make her be quiet. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. You help fix the person, and you're truthful. And for that, I owe you her life and mine. I've never met. I met a lot of people. You're a damn
0: good dude. Period. Let me hug.
3: I think you guys should hug. <laughs> <Stop kissing. laughs> he might. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. You're welcome. But I, would, I got a news break for you. I didn't do much of anything except for be there for you. You did the work. You did the work. All I can do is be there. You're killing it. Put, do me a favor. Lean forward. Put your hand up. Pat yourself on the back. And say good job.
3: Good job. <laughs> that's,
0: that's who deserves the credit. Pick your hand up. Put yourself, pat yourself on the back. And say good job, Dad. You're I'm all right. No, <laughs> no, you're a hell of a dad. You're a hell of a dad. So before I close this show, give her a hug. This is... There is no drug or no alcohol worth more than that. At the end of the day, love conquers all. Oh, yes. And that's what we all look for anyways.
3: Very much
0: so. I'm going to thank you for being on the show, and I'm going to bring you back in a month. All the guests that I bring on, I want to bring back in like a month or so. I want people to follow them. I want people to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And with you, I hope it's all good.
3: (laughs) It will all be good.
0: And, And I have... The utmost faith in you. Thank you. Come here, give me a hug. <laughs> and. Uh, don't fall.
3: I'll try not to. <laughs> All
0: right. Thank you,
3: Carrie. Love
0: you lots. Love you too. And thank you for listening to The Real Deal. It's been a pleasure.